Good morning. It's still the morning, I guess. 11, 11.15. Um, how are you guys doing? Good, good. Good to see you guys all. Good to be with you. Um, yeah, glad, uh, glad that we can be here together. Um, if I don't know you yet, my name is Graham. I'm one of the pastors here at Renaissance. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be with you guys here today. If you're watching online, just want to say welcome. Um, and if you want, you can feel free and say hi and uh, comment and uh, tell us how you're doing today. And James will, will tell you how he's doing, I guess. Um, yeah, so uh, anyway, today we are uh, we're continuing our series in the, the books of First and Second Corinthians. And we've titled the series simply Corinthians. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, our subtitle is Imperfect Church and Perfect Savior. Um, and so if you're new here or you're not familiar with the Bible, First and Second Corinthians, um, they are uh, letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in the city of Corinth. And they address a variety of issues. And so in this series, what we're doing is we're taking some of the main issues and we're walking through, um, walking through what the Bible has to say about these issues and, and what uh, the, these two books have to say about them. So I'm going to begin by asking you guys a question, all right? Um, has, ha, have you guys ever got a gift? Have you ever received a gift that you kind of are like, I don't really know what to do with this? Anyone have that? Yeah, I see some heads nodding. Um, I'll explain a little bit about what I mean. So um, we have a, a church that partners with us. They're from Boston. Um, if any one of them is listening online, they probably know who, they're, who I'm talking about. But before I get into the story, I'll say this. Um, if you guys are listening, you guys are amazing. You're really awesome. I love it when you guys are here. Um, you're very encouraging. I like really enjoy spending time with you. And you've, you've, in fact, you've given me like my favorite coffee mug, which is amazing. Um, and so this is in no way a knock on them at all. Um, but yeah, anyways, this church has, they, they've come up to visit a few times. One of the last times that they came, they, uh, they left and they ended up giving uh, a few of us on staff, they gave us like gift baskets for our families was super thoughtful, it was really awesome, uh, really a good gift. All these items in the, in the gift basket were like specifically things that you could only find in Boston though, which was really cool. So there was very unique items, um, a ton of awesome, uh, awesome stuff in this basket. So one of the things was like uh, Boston baked beans, which is like this candy, it's kind of like a jelly bean, but it tastes a little bit different. Um, really cool candy. There was like uh, this marshmallow spread, which I had never had before. Apparently you eat it with like peanut butter on a sandwich. Um, so that was kind of cool. And they had like uh, soda, which was like specifically from Boston. All of it, really awesome stuff. Uh, there was one item in, in this basket though, which like I had no idea what to do with. All right, and that was this. I don't know if you can see it, uh, but yeah. This is canned bread, right? It's bread in a can. And uh, I had no idea what I was supposed to do with it. And, you know, I didn't know if I was, like, supposed to bake it or what I was supposed to put on it um, or how it would taste at all. I don't know anything like that. So, um, anyway, this canned bread, it stayed in my pantry for a month and probably even close to, like, a year, right? Um, because it could, right? It wasn't going to go bad. It was, it was in a can. And uh, I was, uh, I'm not going to lie, I was like really intimidated by it. I was, like, I was like, I don't know. This could be awful. It could be great. I have no idea. Um, well, one day I was feeling a little bit adventurous and uh, 
So I decided I was going to open up this canned bread. And, uh, you know, it, was, it really wasn't that bad, right? Like, um, it was kind of like this brown bread with, like, it had, like, molasses in it, and it was sweet. And Dylan's shaking his head because he, he, he's like, no, it was not for me. <laughs> I liked it. I, he said it was mushy. I thought mine was firm. I put butter on it, and it was great. Um, and so, anyway, thank you, Boston, for your canned bread. <laughs> anyway, all that to be said, uh, the reason why I share that with you today um, is because today we're talking about spiritual gifts and how we use them for their intended purpose. Um, I think one of the main problems that, that many of us have is that we, we know that as Christians we've been gifted. We've been gifted by God, uh, and we may not know how to best use our gifts. Um, and so, so sometimes we neglect to use the gifts that God has given us given to us in the way that he would like us to use them. So today we are going to explore that more as we go throughout our text. Our main point uh, for today is this. God in his greatness has given you gifts to use for the church. So God in his greatness has given you gifts to use for the church. So um, let's pray and and we're going to read our text for today. Um, Father, we thank you um, just for your love for us, God, that um, we, um, we were in rebellion to you, God, and you came to us and died on the cross for our sins, um, God, and that you give us your Holy Spirit, and that empowers us, um, and it is what um, are the gifts that we have, and um, help us to to see how you're working in and through us, and um, to be bold and to step out into faith and to um, just love those around us like you've loved us. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to be reading our text today. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read the first 20 verses. So 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through, uh, 1 through 20. It'll be on the screen. It says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, the ability to, to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with, with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. 
For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members, of, of the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. All right, so we're going to dive right in here. Again, our main point for the day is God in his greatness has given you gifts to use for the church. And so today as we go, we're going to take that main point and we're going to look at it piece by piece. Um, And so we'll get right into it. So the first thing that I want us to see is that God has gifted you Christian. God has gifted you Christian. One thing that I want want to note is the last word there, God has gifted you Christian. Um, That's an important word for us here today, because as we talk about spiritual gifts, we need to see that they come from the Spirit of God, right? Spiritual gifts come from the Spirit of God. And so really, um, there are a couple things that I want to clarify for us today um, as we talk about spiritual gifts here. So what do we mean when we are talking about spiritual, being spiritual here? I want to start actually by talking about what we don't mean. So we don't mean spiritual in the sense that a lot of people today might use that word. So, um, for example, you might uh, run into someone and they might say to you something like this. They might say, um, hey, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual, right? And what they probably mean is that, um, you know, they might believe in like this higher power out there and maybe their goal is to connect with that power in like some intangible way but they don't really want to commit to, to any specific religion, right? So when we talk about spiritual gifts today, uh, what we're not talking about is like being mindful, like mindfulness or um, finding your inner self or like connecting with like this force out there in the universe. Um, we're not talking about that. Also, what we're not talking about is being like super extra religious, okay? So on the other hand of the scale are those who are like, hyper-religious, they adhere to every letter of the law, they obey all the commandments if that were possible, and they think because of that, therefore they are more spiritual than the rest of people, right? So because of, of their piety, they, they think or, or they act, and even they might even be viewed by others that they're more spiritual than the rest of us, okay? So neither of these are, are what we're talking about today. Being gifted spiritually is neither a hierarchy of religiousness nor a mystical experience that you can obtain from within yourself or from within the universe. But now let's talk about what, what we do mean when we talk about spiritual gifts. So having spiritual gifts, um, it, it means that they come, again, they come from the Spirit of God who empowers them to work in us. I'm going to read a quote. This is from a pastor in the States named Sam Storms, and he says this about spiritual gifts. He says, A gift is the Spirit himself working in and through ordinary, broken, struggling, weak, forgiven Christians, coming to various degrees of manifestation. All right, so... So 
in order to have spiritual gifts, you need to have God's Spirit indwelling in you. Right? And we, we see that throughout Scripture. Scripture tells us that that comes through faith in Jesus. This is uh, going to be on the screen. It's from Acts chapter 2. It says this. It says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing to note is that spiritual gifts are for Christians, right? Those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. It is the empowerment by the Spirit working in and through you to bless the church in a variety of ways. Um, and I'll, I'm going to say this too. Um, if you're here and you're not a Christian, if you're watching online and you're not a, a follower of Christ, this is promised for you as well if you will turn from your sin and come and trust in Jesus. Right? As Christians, we believe that all people are sinful, including us, and, and that means that we have all failed to live up to God's standards and that our sin has separated us from a good and loving God, but that God was gracious and he was merciful to us even when we didn't deserve it, right? When we had rebelled against him. And what he did was he came to earth as, as Jesus, Jesus, and he came to live the life that we should have lived and that was perfectly in accord to God's will. Jesus lived perfectly as God had wanted him to live. And he died as a sacrifice on our behalf for our sins. And so if you're listening to this and you're willing to admit that, yeah, I'm a sinner, I've sinned against God, and you want to say, I'm going to trust that Jesus has done enough on my behalf to make me right with God. God will forgive you, and he promises to give you his spirit, which empowers you to live a life more like Jesus. That's what he promises to do, to, to, to transform your life by his spirit so that you look like Jesus. Um, this comes with spiritual gifts as well. It's the manifestation of the Spirit of God in your life for others. So if you will do that today, God will forgive you, and he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. And so if you want to know more about that, you can come talk to myself after. Um, come talk to whoever brought you here. Come talk to um, someone you know who's a Christian, and we'd love to, to share more about that with you because... This is a wonderful gift that we have been given, and it is for those who will trust in Jesus. All right, so spiritual gifts are for Christians. Next thing to note is that every Christian has a spiritual gift, has, has or may have, may have more than one, has spiritual gifts. So it's not just some Christians, right? It's not like the higher-up Christians or the special holier Christians, right, if, as if those existed. All Christians have spiritual gifts because all Christians have the Spirit of God in them. In, uh, this is from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. This, Paul says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then later in verse 11, he says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And so if you're a Christian and if you've put your faith in Jesus, you therefore have been gifted with the Spirit dwelling in you. And it is the manifestation of this Spirit where we see our gifts. So God's Spirit working through you is where you see your spiritual gifts, and this happens through faith in Jesus. 
Um, I'm, undoubtedly now, I'm sure that there are some of us sitting here and they're wondering, like, when is he going to talk about, like, how I'm gifted? When is he going to talk, tell me, like, what my spirit, spiritual gift is and how do I find out how God has gifted me, right? Um, one thing to note here is that the, the list that Paul gives us, it's not an extensive list of spiritual gifts. So other passages in the Bible, they talk about different spiritual gifts. Um, and so the, the point there then is, isn't to say necessarily, okay, um, my gift is this or my gift is that. You may know what your spiritual gift is, and that's great. Um, but more the point is that as you step out into faith, God will work through you in ways that are not natural, right? But they're rather uh, the Spirit of God manifest in your life, benefiting others. So our goal today isn't necessarily to help you, like, put a label on your spiritual gift, but rather our goal would be that as you trust in Jesus, you would see the supernatural power of God's Spirit work through you for the church. I'm going to read another quote here. This is from Sam Storms again. And uh, I really think this, this provides a lot of wisdom on how we can look at spiritual gifts. So I read this this week, and this was something that drastically changed my outlook on, on spiritual gifts. So here's what it says. It's not going to be on the screen or, or online here. Um, just want you to listen. It says, Whereas many have, helped, have been helped by taking a spiritual gifts inventory test, my recommendation is that Christians stop indulging in introspective navel-gazing and simply step out and begin to love and serve others in concrete acts of ministry. In doing so, I'm confident your gift will find you. Then he says this. He says, Open your eyes and look for those who are weeping. Ask the Spirit to guide your steps to those who are weak, afflicted, and destitute. And as you go, listen for the voice of God to grant you a prophetic word that will encourage and console the suffering. Take your hands out of your pockets and lay them on the sick, beseeching the Lord of mercy for a gift of healing. Look for those in financial straits and give to them generously. Identify the despairing and speak words of encouragement. When people are drifting, open your Bible and teach them truth. And then he goes on to say this. He says, instead of first asking, what is my gift? Ask the question, who is in need? If God's people would look outward before they look inward, they will encounter the charismatic and empowering presence of the Spirit to equip them for every good deed. He says, if you're still bewildered by what may or may not be your spiritual gift, act first and ask later. This is really what I want us to see here today, is that the Spirit works when we submit to God, to, to God's will. This is where we begin to see our gifts, is when we begin trusting Him and stepping out into what He has called us to do, and when, when we ask Him to provide for our needs and the needs of those around us as we selflessly give ourselves to others. God has gifted you, Christian. And it is through faith in Jesus that your spiritual gifts will be manifest. God in his greatness has given you gifts to use for the church. All right, next point here. Um, your gift is meant for the church. Your gift is meant for the church. And this is a point that shouldn't be understated, right? Because this is one of the, more, the, the most uh, consistent points about spiritual gifts throughout all of Scripture. Right? Your gift is meant for building up the church. So I'm going to read for you a few examples that we see in the New Testament. This is from 1 Peter 4, 
uh, this is verses 10 and 11, it says this, it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Then talking about spiritual gifts, Paul says in Ephesians 4, he says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. First uh, Corinthians 14, which we'll be talking about next week, it says multiple times throughout the chapter that gifts are for building up the church. I think like four or five times it says that. And then Roman, uh, Romans 12, it talks about the church having various gifts, but they are used for the good of the church. And so this is something that we need to understand, is the primary purpose of our gifts is to build up the church. Again, we see this in our passage for today. Verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so for, in order for the church to function as the church, it needs your gifts. What we see here is, is there's a pushback against thinking that we don't need the church or that the church doesn't really need us, right? That we can kind of do this Christian thing on our own. Um, but Paul is, is specifically saying here that, that the working of the Spirit through you is not meant for your own benefit. It is actually meant for the church. And he, he talks about uh, uh, various, various different ways about how we're all gifted. So he says one might be gifted in healing. And so when there, there are sick members in the church, they may be provoked to go and visit them and, and lay hands on them and ask God to, to heal them. Another might be gifted in wisdom and may be able to provide sound advice for someone who, who may be in turmoil. And, and so in order for the church to be able to meet one another's needs, it needs you using your gifts. Paul goes on in verse 14. He says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. He says that the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any, uh, any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it uh, any less a part of the body. You know, we're kind of given this, this funny picture here, Paul's giving us here, that is like kind of these limbs that don't really think that they're a part of the body, right? And uh, it's really that rid ridiculousness that is the point that he's trying to make, right? The Christian that doesn't think it belongs to the church is like a hand or a foot that doesn't think it belongs to the body, right? That's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the show The Adams Family. You guys remember that show? There's like a couple of people that get it, and there's probably the rest of the room is like, nope. <laughs> but okay, we'll go, we'll go along with it. Um, anyway, uh, if you do remember the show, there was like a character on the show that was just a hand. Um, that's all it was, and so it would like run around with like its fingers, and um, it couldn't talk or do anything like that. It was really like a very limited character. If you don't remember the show, that's okay. You're not really missing much. That's all you need to know is there's a hand as a character. Um, but anyway, that's kind of the picture that we get with, with what Paul is saying here, right? Is that on, on our own, like we are, are so limited. We're just one piece of the church, right? We're limited in our giftings, and so we need others, and they need us. Um, if, if we try to do this Christian life alone, we're not using the gift of God's Spirit in the way that God has intended. 
And so we need the church, and the church needs us. God has gifted us in different ways, but our giftings are not made for ourselves. Again, they are made for the church. God, in his greatness, has given you gifts to use for the church. And that brings us to our last point for today, which is this. Spiritual gifts point to the greatness of God. Because in our limitations, we see God's immense power. As we see Paul, he lists off all of these gifts. We see that not one of us has all these gifts. Right? But we also see that they all come from one God. We see over and over God says, um, this gift, it comes from the same God. This one, it comes from the one God. It comes from the same Spirit. It comes from the same Lord, the same God. All of them come from one God. It is the same God who empowers these gifts to all of us. And so where we are incomplete, God is complete. Where we are limited, God is not. All of these gifts, they come from one and the same God, and they display his greatness when we use them as he has intended. So when you see hurt, and you see need, and you see brokenness in others in the church, you can act. And, you can, and as you do so, pray that God will work in a supernatural way to display God's greatness through you. Right? Because when he does... Your gifts display God's character to the church and those watching. And as he works through you, who God is is shown to those around. It's shown his healing power, his wisdom, and his knowledge, and all the various ways that the Spirit manifests itself through us is on display for the world to see. So God in his greatness has given you gifts to use for the church. Um, I'm going to close with this. Um, we're going to end our, our time with a little bit of practical advice in, in seeking how the Spirit will work through you. Um, at the end, um, I want to do a little bit of uh, a question and answer. If you're watching online, um, you can post your questions in the uh, comment section, and um, we'll, have, we'll have someone here read them out, and we can, uh, I'll, I'll do my best to answer them, I guess. And for those in the room, you can think of questions that you may have. I was trying to give some practical advice as I was thinking of it. I think there's probably a lot of probably unknown stuff that we might not uh, know when it comes to spiritual gifts. And so I want to ask, answer kind of what you guys are thinking of. I have a couple of main points, like I said, for, for practical advice, but um, we'll, we'll get into the question and answer thing later. So um, first off, look for those who are in need. Right? Seek those who are struggling, those who are hurt, those in need, and act. And ask God to work in a supernatural way through you so that his greatness would be put on display for his glory. Um, in, I'm at, at Concordia University right now. One of my uh, classes, I'm in a class, or I was in a class on group facilitation, so how people work together. And my professor was teaching us um, how we kind of get, get groups to, to work together. And he, he said this, he says, look for the tension in the group and then walk towards that. Right? So that, that seems a little bit counterintuitive, but that's how you get a group to work together well, is by leaning into the problems uh, and, and, not, and addressing them instead of ignoring them and pretending that they don't exist. Right? You, you go towards where you see the tension. And in a similar way here, God works through us when we walk towards the tension, right? where, where things may seem uncomfortable, where the broken people are. 
And we don't pretend that these problems don't exist, um, but going towards that tension and praying that God would work and providing for them in tangible ways and asking God to work in miraculous ways. And so look for those in need and walk toward that tension. Finally, uh, be okay not knowing how God will work, but fully expect that he will. Be okay not knowing how God will work, but fully expect that he will. And we're not told that we need to identify our spiritual gift in order for God to work through us, right? But as we step out in faith, what we see is that God works through us in ways that we can imagine. So don't wait till you think that you know how you're gifted to act for those who are in need. See the need and walk towards it prayerfully and expect God to work in amazing ways because God, in his greatness, has given you gifts to use for the church. Uh, we'll close in prayer, and if you guys have any questions, uh, we'll address those after.